Fred Ricciani of TSC News here to recap WWE Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the TLC pay-per-view, the final SmackDown pay-per-view of 2016. It is December 4th, 2016. Hard to believe, already December 4th, 2016. I'm here to recap the TLC pay-per-view live right here on YouTube from top to bottom. Also here to take a few questions, comments, shout-outs, and before I get to the recap. I am long overdue and giving this shout out to my main man. 10 years of badassery. Jordan Smeen, straight out of the mean streets of clean Texas. He told me, Fred, if my Cowboys win again this week, I want you to give me a shout out. And I'm like, listen, kid, your Cowboys are in for a trap game against those Minnesota Vikings. And Jesus Christmas between horrible officiating and Sam Badford and all this debauchery, the Cowboys, much like AJ Styles, pulled out yet another win. So, I'm an adult. I am a man's man. Much like Negan in The Walking Dead, albeit, you know, without all the sadistic stuff. You know, if Negan was a nice guy most of the time. And I will admit that the Cowboys right now are probably the best team in the NFL. And I will admit that I lost the bet. So, Jordan, there's your shout-out, my man. Now, uh, as far as your Texas Aggies, go Longhorns. Anyway, anyway, I'm actually a Rutgers fan, but that, that trolls Texas people. If you ever want to annoy Texas people that, are, that do this, just, just, just do this. It pisses them off a lot. Anyway, anyway. So, speaking of Texas, we had TLC, which took place in Texas. And it was AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose as the main event. And it certainly... Oh, no, it certainly was not the lame event. This was a great match for the WWE World Championship. Holy doodle squat. We had AJ Styles doing a 450 splash on Dean Ambrose through a table. We had AJ Styles tights rip, revealing part of his uh, derriere. And AJ Styles, much like the professional he is, kept going. He didn't say, God damn, I should have worn underwear. He didn't say, oh, man, I got to get a new pair of pants. He didn't get some duct tape. Nah, 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 man. He was cheeky, he was fleeky, and he was doing his damn thing. This was a great effort by both men. And while I do think this is one of the best matches, forget any promotion, best matches, period, in any promotion all year, I do have to say I was not the biggest fan of the finish. Now look, I want to preface this right now. I do not hate James Ellsworth. I like James Ellsworth. I have no problem with James Ellsworth and his wonderful story. And James Ellsworth having a job. It's great. I think it's great. However, and this is just my personal opinion. This may not reflect the majority of the WWE viewing audience. And and I'm fine with that. I respect everybody's opinion, as, as many of you can attest to. But me personally, when James Ellsworth's flabby ass made his way down to the ramp in the midst of this great... Great match between two great competitors. I rolled my eyes. I'm like, really? And look, I I get it. It makes storyline sense. For those that don't know, James Ellsworth distracted AJ. Dean looked like he was going to go up and get the title. And then James Ellsworth pushed Dean off the ladder. Dean Ambrose crashed and burned through tables. AJ Styles got the win. And... This was kind of telegraphed a week ago because James Ellsworth did admit to Dean Ambrose, well, I beat AJ three times 
And I like my chances against him. So, you know, there's a part of me that really would like to see AJ win. But you're my guy, Dean. I mean, they telegraphed it. They, they hinted at it. And I didn't have a problem with this heel turn from a traditional sense because it made sense. It wasn't some stupid swerve for the sake of a swerve or whatnot. Like, it made sense. And y'all know me. I like my pro wrestling, any TV show, to make sense. With all that being said, it's James Ellsworth. And while I do think he's over, popular, while I do think he may be selling merchandise, although I'm not privy to the merchandise figures of his uh, respective sales, I got to say, for me, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm, I'm done with him in the main event. I personally feel like it's jumped the shark. It's entertaining. It's nice. But, you know, I'm, j- I'm just not feeling it. You got Goldberg, who's awesome. You got Brock Lesnar, who's awesome. And the SmackDown side, I think, has largely been awesome. But you got this James Ellsworth stuff, and it's it's cute. It's cool. But I really feel like it's getting to the point now where it's just it's, it's just getting out of hand. I, I, I really think so. And, again, I don't hate the guy. I like the guy. I've enjoyed probably 95% of the stuff he's been involved with. But I, I just think at some point, you know, I don't know. I just think at some point he's got to be out of the main event scene a little bit. You know, maybe if they did like a rematch on SmackDown between AJ and Ambrose, they interfered. That's one thing. But pay-per-view main event. And look, I know not one has something to do with the other. And I'm not even blaming Ellsworth or or anybody like that, okay? But it just, it mind boggles me how a a, a guy with an amazing look like Cesaro, with amazing wrestling ability like Cesaro, is stuck teaming with Sheamus and losing, losing regularly to the New Day. Now, look, it's better that Cesaro's in a tag team with Sheamus kept relatively strong than being booked like a jobber like James Ellsworth who just happens to get more TV time. Okay, I know there's not that many parallels. But just the idea that Vince McMahon has more dedication, no matter how you feel about the portrayal, has more dedication to the James Ellsworth character than he does to Cesaro and Sami Zayn and Neville who's just been languishing in mid-card hell. I don't mean, not even mid-card hell, it's just been hell. It's in, well, Superstars is done now, so I don't know. Whatever's left is Superstars. That's where Neville's languishing. The idea that Vincent Kennedy McMahon, maybe the greatest promoter of all time, has more dedication towards the James Ellsworth character than he does 80% of the roster, which could actually be developed into making him more money and producing better matches and angles. It's mind-boggling. I mean, I get it. Maybe it's not so mind-boggling. Maybe Vince McMahon looks at Ellsworth and goes, God damn, he's got no chin. He makes me laugh. <laughs> and then he just books him and that's that. Which, again, it's not like the Ellsworth stuff's been bad. It's been pretty entertaining. It's been pretty entertaining. But, there's always a but. Let me give you guys just some alternate scenarios and you could tell me whether they're good or whether they're bad. Boren Baron Corbin. Not a big fan of his work lately. I liked some of his stuff in his later NXT run. I liked it when he was doing squash matches. I personally think he should have been pushed like Braun Strowman, just annihilating people instead of having long matches with Kalisto, although he looked pretty good in this match with Kalisto where he uh, gave him the end of days on some chairs and got the easy win. But imagine Baron Corbin as the bodyguard of AJ Styles. 
That'd be cool. Imagine AJ Styles enlisting the services of the new Wyatt family. That'd be cool. Imagine maybe Sheamus and Cesaro defecting a SmackDown. Being kind of like AJ Styles' muscle. That'd be cool. Imagine maybe AJ Styles enlisting American Alpha. That'd be cool. Imagine the club defecting to SmackDown and reforming. That would be badass. But instead, AJ Styles, this excellent heel champion, one of the best wrestlers in the world, uh, he doesn't have the diesel to his Shawn Michaels. He doesn't have the evolution to his uh, Triple H. He does not I'm trying to think of anybody else as far as like great alliances. He doesn't have the four horsemen to his Ric Flair. He has James Ellsworth. Now look, look, I could easily see on Tuesday night, Ellsworth Strip says, you know what? I've been AJ Styles multiple times. I like my chances. I hate to have done that to Dean, but you know what? I want my title shot. And then they end up writing off James Ellsworth after he loses to Styles and Ambrose takes him out. Cool. And it was a way for Ambrose to be protected while AJ Styles keeps the title. Still, in that spot, eh, not not really feeling that. Now, if you wanted to keep that finish that, that we just witnessed tonight, that that's cool. Again, we can agree to disagree. But here's how I would have done it differently. I would have had The Undertaker come out. I would have had Undertaker stare down AJ. And then on SmackDown, I would have had him Tombstone Ellsworth put him out of his misery, at least until the Royal Rumble, where he could be a surprise entrant. And that way, yeah, or maybe interfere in an Undertaker AJ Styles match. And that way, you set up Undertaker versus Styles for the world title. Now, granted, you could do that on SmackDown, but wouldn't it make a random B pay per view in December feel a lot more special if The Undertaker just happened to come out and confront AJ Styles? Especially because I almost forgot that TLC was even tonight. I mean, there's a lot going on. Walking Dead, for whatever reason, wanted to be 90 minutes again. So I had to watch that while watching TLC. And for those that say, well, you didn't have to watch it. Well, I'm sorry. I work in an industry that involves social media. And I don't want to be spoiled. Now, granted, there wasn't much to spoil, ultimately, as I found out. But I didn't know that. So I did a little bit of double duty. Now I still got to watch Westworld season finale. A little sad a little sad that uh, it's not going to come back till 2018, but I'm even sadder in some ways that James Ellsworth was the deciding factor in this great main event. But again, just my opinion. Just my opinion. It was a great match. You should go out of your way to see it. And if you're enjoying this live recap right now, please feel free to click the like button. Share this while your friends. Click the subscribe button. You can also check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. We had another awesome match and this was a polarizing match but I really liked it Miz and Dolph Ziggler these two dudes had a straight up ladder match didn't use any tables didn't use chairs they knew that they couldn't use tables because of the fact there was a tables match with Alexa and Becky as well as a TLC match with AJ and Dean but this was really good I enjoyed it went a little long for my liking but it was really good it was you could really tell in storyline that these are two Bitter rivals that want to beat the crap out of each other. That have so much pride. I mean, even JBL said these men are both arrogant because they know they're great athletes and they hate each other. It's it's true. In storyline, they're great athletes and they hate each other. And they displayed this all throughout the match. Really good stuff. I, I didn't think months ago that I could possibly care about Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. But credit to both men, especially Miz and Maurice. They have done just an excellent job. And seriously... 
if it's not meant to be for John Cena to challenge the Undertaker for the title at WrestleMania, if it's not meant to be for you for John Cena or something like that to win the Royal Rumble, here's my dark horse. I never thought I'd say this. The Miz. I would actually have the Miz, maybe, just maybe, be one of the dark horses to win the Royal Rumble. Because, of course, you don't have to just wrestle for the SmackDown title. You could wrestle for the Raw title. You could pick either one. I think the guy has done such a great, great job as Intercontinental Champion that, that he deserves a, a bit more of a push. I really do. He was even getting some cheers tonight. I never thought I'd say that after five years of, of, of him being at his peak. But this is peak Miz. He's better than ever. You disagree with me? That's cool, but I'm loving the work that Mike Mizanin is doing. And he's awesome on Total Divas as well, as is his lovely wife, Maurice. Now, what you could do is maybe have Miz hold on to the IC title up until WrestleMania. And then in the spring, summertime, when they usually kind of go a little more experimental with guys aren't the usual top guys, maybe then like the pay-per-view after Mania, you could have him challenge for the title. But I think he should get a title shot, and I think it would be a really cool storyline if built up correctly to have Miz be the challenger for a world title, maybe against Cena or somebody else. And he could do a storyline where it's been over five years since Miz has gotten a one-on-one title shot. Actually, by the time WrestleMania season rolls around, it's going to be six years. Yeah, six years. So he could do a storyline where it was six years. It's been six long years since Miz's fall from grace, and he's going to challenge the guy that put him in that downward spiral in the first place John Cena, and this time the outcome is going to be different. I think that'd be an awesome storyline if done correctly. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We had Dolph Ziggler almost, almost get that IC title in his grasp, and then Miz, not once, but twice, pulled a Henry Cejudo against Joseph Benavidez, kicked Mr. Ziggler in the Ziggles, and well, that was all she wrote. Miz is still your Intercontinental Champion. We had the pre-show, which I missed, that had Apollo Crews, the High Bros, and American Alpha defeat the Ascension, the Vaude Villains, who still have a job, and Kurt Hawkins. I don't think Kurt Hawkins has gotten a win since he's been around. Maybe he beat Apollo Crews on one of the C-shows that I missed, or maybe I fell asleep during one of his matches, but I don't think he's had too many wins since coming back to SmackDown. We have... John Cena hosting SNL Saturday Night Live next week, which is freaking awesome. We had Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, the new Wyatt family, who I, believe it or not, really like. I hated this storyline at first. I thought the feud between Wyatt and Orton was awful. Yet, the new Wyatt family, even with Orton not wearing any pants, is actually pretty cool. This is the most interesting I've been in Randy Orton's character in forever. And forever, Jeremy Bowers, my man, you and I are on the same page. This is the most interesting Orton since 2009. It's great. So, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton got the win. RKO, 1-2-3. They are the new tag team champions, defeating Heath Slater and Rhino. Took long enough to give a new team the titles. Personally, I would have taken the titles off of Slater and Rhino months ago, given it to American Alpha. Or, I would have just done American Alpha winning the titles outright in the tournament. But, hashtag reasons, I don't know. But I think American Alpha will be okay, ultimately. We had Nikki Bella beat Carmella in a no-DQ match. Actually, I should mention real quick, too, that at the end of the match, we had Bray give one tag title to Luke Harper because he helped him, of course. And then Randy Orton stared down Luke Harper. 
He originally took the tag title from him, and then he gave him the tag title, and they posed. So it looks like they're going to enact the Freebird rule, so, or as kids know it today, the New Day rule, where three members of a team are uh, technically technically recognized as the World Tag Team Champions. Hey, I'm fine with that. It's hard to believe it's taken over three years for Bray to win a WWE Championship, and it's the tag titles of all things. But you know what? It's a step in the right direction. I really hope to protect the guy from this point forward. I thought he'd be a world champion by now. It hasn't happened for whatever reason. It may never happen, but this is definitely a step in the right direction for all these guys involved. Nikki Bella beat Carmella in an ODQ match. This was a rough and tough match. I mean, Nikki Bella was coming out with the Gina Carano hairstyle, the, the female MMA fighter hairstyle with her hair braided, looking ready for war. And whew, these girls beat each other up. We had a Big, big roundhouse kick by Nikki Bella. A kick. A few kicks. A few head kicks. My God. Nikki Bella was just going ham. She hit Carmella in the butt. Yes. The butt. The derriere. With a kendo stick multiple times. And then she finished her off with a fire extinguisher shower. And then the TKO for the victory. One, two, three. And afterwards, Carmella grabs the mic. And she goes, Nikki, this isn't over between us. You don't know who attacked you at Survivor Series. It wasn't me. It was your friend from Total Divas. And I'm thinking, not Natty. And she goes, Natalia. <gasps> so, the plot thickens, although Natalia has denied it, but we'll see what happens. We also had Baron Corbin beat Kalisto in a chairs match. Solid match, but I think it went way too long, and I really... Really don't care for Baron Corbin right now. Kalisto looks really weird in the short tights too. And that guy could be doing so much better. Baron Corbin, while I'm not a fan of him in these long matches, I'll say this. He could be booked better. Whether you like the guy or not, his character could be booked a lot better. I.e. as the muscle for AJ Styles. Although, if you look at their physiques, I mean, I think AJ Styles might have more muscle than Baron Corbin. But he's tall. We had a tables match, which I seem to like more than other people. Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. This was a good match. I liked it. Also very physical. It went back and forth. A lot of teases of getting you know power bombed, suplex through the table, but eventually, eventually, it was Alexa Bliss who was able to power bomb Becky Lynch off the apron through the table to become the second ever SmackDown Women's Champion. I know my homegirl Candace Smith is ecstatic about her girl Alexa finally. Capturing some gold in WWE. Congratulations to Alexa Bliss. And yeah, like I said, we had the main event. AJ Styles retaining the world championship over Dean Ambrose with the help of James Ellsworth. So overall, I got to say for a pay-per-view that I was not too interested in. Going into it, I got to say, I like it. Thumbs up. And look, we may agree or disagree on the Ellsworth involvement, but at the end of the day... It's not terrible TV, right? It's it's not bad to watch. I I personally am fatigued by James Ellsworth, but it's not it's it's not enough for me to say, you know what? I'm changing the channel. It's still entertaining. And at the end of the day, AJ Styles, one of the best wrestlers in the world, is still your world champion. You have The Miz, who's a great act. He's still your Intercontinental champion, although I have no idea where Dolph Ziggler goes from here. You have the new Wyatt family, which is surprisingly intriguing as your tag team champions. You have Alexa Bliss, who still needs some work in the ring, but is a great personality, an awesome heel. As your women's champion, 
I'm liking the SmackDown brand. And with WrestleMania season rolling around, with Undertaker set to wrestle, perhaps at the Royal Rumble, with the Royal Rumble approaching, I like it. Whereas Raw, ugh, between the three hours, between the misuse of the Cruiserweight division, even though they did have a nice little show at 205 Live, which took place right after SmackDown, and people wondered why there were a lot of empty seats. Well, maybe you should have the show not live and air before SmackDown. Uh, you know, between Roman Reigns challenging for the title again, and he's, he's a good worker, he really is, but nobody wants to see that. Between Chris Jericho not in the title picture when he's arguably the most over person on that show. I mean, outside of the Charlotte Sasha stuff, I mean, I feel like it's been kind of bland. And, and the Chris Jericho stuff, I feel like it's been kind of bland. Just my humble opinion. So SmackDown, definitely easier to watch in two hours. And in my opinion, the better product right now when it comes to the brand extension. So let's get to some feedback from you guys. I would love to hear what y'all think about SmackDown and everything that's going on. Mr. Racer1029 with a useless stat that only he would know because he has a poster of Randy Orton on his ceiling. The last time Randy Orton won two pay-per-view matches in a row was 2014. Thank you for that Randy Orton stat, big Randy Orton fan, a.k.a. My man, Manpreet from California. I really can't make fun of him too much because he's in Cali, and right now it's pretty cold in New Jersey. Okay, Play Dirty says, Apollo Crews, for some reason, looks like the evolution of Geodude, the Pokemon. Today, he looked like Golem. Damn, man. I hope you're referring to his physique and not his face. Damn. We know Randy is eventually going to turn on the Wyatt family. I think so, but I really don't want to see that. I like Randy Orton as the creepy Wyatt family member. Okay. Holiday197 says, I'm calling it now. Ellsworth will be alone in the ring with Lesnar or Goldberg or maybe both in the Royal Rumble match. I could see that happening. The James Ellsworth storyline's gone way too long. It should culminate in a street fight between him and, between him and Ambrose at the Rumble. Okay. Jeremy Bauer says... Ellsworth equals Colin Delaney 2.0. I'd say he's better than Colin Delaney, but yeah, you're right. Okay, Terrell Scott says, I wish they wouldn't go this way. I'm assuming he means with Ellsworth, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> Alan Wu says, with AJ Styles' wardrobe malfunction, he should now be known as the crack that runs the smack. I, I am not going to touch that one, but that, that is clever. Play Dirty says, James Heelsworth. Okay. Stephen Shaw, talking smack on the DDB Network was pretty good tonight for those that didn't see. Ellsworth versus AJ Styles is announced on Tuesday. Okay. All righty then. Going to be interesting to see what the hell happens there. Maybe Ambrose will come back. I'm kind of hoping Ambrose sells his injuries a little bit and you know maybe returns a little bit later. But who knows? Who knows? Well, be careful what you wish for, James Ellsworth, because uh, you're going to get AJ Styles, and I don't know if it's going to be pretty for you. Okay. My my homegirl Candace said, Oh my effing God, they just ended talking smack like that. I'm starting to think this beef is real. Can anybody tell me how talking smack ended since I missed it? Stephen Shaw, can you uh, please elaborate on what happened in, in Talking Smack? Because I, I did miss that ending. That's interesting. All right, well, we'll get, we'll get word on that. Did anybody catch The Walking Dead? Yeah, I did, Mr. Racer. And I got to say, 
It was long. It was dragged out. I thought the performances by Chandler Riggs and Jeffrey Dean Morgan were, were great. I thought I was largely entertained, but seriously, 90 minutes almost every freaking week this season. It's getting a little ridiculous. Now, maybe they, they are not having as many episodes, which it seems like they haven't had as many episodes as they normally do uh, before the midseason finale, but it's just it's just dragging too much for me. And I'm a big Walking Dead fan. I'm a very patient man. But I got to say, unless they have the big guns out with the midseason finale, I'm telling you this, I'm looking a hell of a lot more forward to the Walking Dead Season 3, which is going to be coming out uh, via Telltale Games on Xbox One and, and PS4. That, that's for sure. Um, it's been a little too slow for my liking. Now, Westworld, I still got to watch the finale after this recap, but I love Westworld. If you haven't watched it yet, go binge on HBO Go, HBO Now. Totally recommend it. Luke Cage just got renewed for Season 2. Another great show, although if you haven't seen Jessica Jones or Daredevil... Just for, I mean, you don't have to watch those series first, but I would probably recommend it just because they're entertaining. And when you watch Jessica Jones and Daredevil, well, actually, I think you watch Daredevil season one first, watch Jessica Jones season one, Daredevil season two, then watch Luke Cage season one. They all actually intertwine for that. For, and they're going to be intertwined, obviously, for that upcoming Netflix series. I think it's called The Defenders with all the Marvel characters. So it should be cool. Okay, Steven Shaw says. Miz was responding to a Daniel Bryan comment, and it just cut to a commercial for Roadblock. Didn't like that at all, personally. Hmm. Well, I I know one thing. A lot of people aren't happy with the fact that Daniel Bryan can't wrestle for obvious real-life reasons, and they're not happy with WWE teasing a match that they are not going to be able to deliver. So unless there is some magical medical breakthrough in regards to concussions that even the NFL has not discovered yet, it's doctors then uh, I highly, highly doubt that we're going to see Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Especially if you watch Total Bellas and you saw that Daniel Bryan may have had some silver lining. But, uh, unfortunately, spoiler alert, it looks like he's never going to be able to wrestle again. And frankly, he's accomplished a lot. He's made good money in recent years. Knock on wood, he'll continue to make some good money with uh, the reality show and being involved with WWE. And, and look, he's having a baby girl. I mean, come on, man. You don't, you don't need to risk your health that way. Okay, JB says, if Daniel Bryan isn't going to be miraculously cleared, then I don't get the point of the Miz thing. Exactly. Exactly. TS says, your boy Scott must have been busy tonight. He didn't tweet at all about the event. Yeah, Scott was on the road. He was out of town doing his thing. He was, he was photobombing his cousins. He was spending time with family. Look. I got to let Scott Anderson outside of the house sometimes, okay? You can't just be cooped up. I can't just make him watch Daddy B Network, all right? I can't make him be my Daryl Dixon, okay? I'm not his Negan, all right? I'm not, I'm not going to put him in solitary confinement and have him work in the fields for me and, you know, watch all, all these random, useless Daddy B programming, okay? He's got to get out sometimes. Brian also says he will ho- stop hosting Talking Smack if Ellsworth wins on Tuesday. You know what? I may stop hosting if James Ellsworth wins on Tuesday. Seriously. Seriously. Brian said Miz was a lazy hack before coming out to Talking Smack. And it was cutting that great promo a while back. And then he said Ellsworth can... Oh, he said Ellsworth can replace... Brian said James Ellsworth can replace him as a host on Tuesday if Ellsworth wins, which I don't think he meant permanently. Okay. Okay. We got that cleared. Fred, who is your early pick to win the Royal Rumble? Good, good question. Well, let's just make some assumptions, shall we? Let's assume that 
Undertaker is going to challenge AJ Styles, okay? Let's assume that. So assuming that, because, you know, they got to fill a stadium with 60,000 people, I would say John Cena wins the Royal Rumble. Now, if you don't want to do that and you think it's too predictable and it's John Cena again, well, then you could go in the direction of having somebody win on the Raw side of things or somebody that would, in theory, defect to Monday Night Raw from SmackDown. And then you got a few possibilities. You could have Roman Reigns if he doesn't beat Kevin Owens at Roadblock. End of the line. What a stupid name. Ugh. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping Roman Reigns does beat Kevin Owens so we don't get another Roman Reigns chasing the title, winning the Royal Rumble uh, deal at WrestleMania. I'm really tired of it. Third year in a row, no thank you. Ugh, what a world we live in. I'm rooting for Roman Reigns to beat Kevin Owens. What, what a world we live in, right? Jesus Christmas. Uh, but let, let's just assume Kevin Owens retains. I guess they could they do Roman Reigns. I wouldn't want that. You know, you could do Goldberg. And you could find a way for Brock to win the title, even though Brock's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, you could have Brock win and then find a way for Goldberg to win the title. Uh, but I think if he's not challenging for the title at Royal Rumble, it'd be a waste to do it at some stupid pay-per-view in February. Nobody's going to remember. Um, You could have Kevin Owens if he loses, but that'd be a little weird. I mean, I, you know what? You, you could do Kevin Owens winning the Royal Rumble if he loses to Roman Reigns. You could have Chris Jericho find a way to backdoor his way into a world title win either in January or February. And you could do Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Although that feud doesn't really need a title, you could do that. You could have Kevin Owens retain at Roadblock. You could have him go on to Royal Rumble and retain Elimination Chamber, whatever the hell the February pay-per-view is, and retain. And I guess you could have Sami Zayn win the Rumble. Although we've seen Sami Zayn and Owens so many times, it's, it's gotten out of hand. You could do The Miz, who I suggested as a dark horse because he's been so great. Although, if he defected to Raw, I don't I don't think that'd be a really good look for him. Uh, I don't think that, that'd be good. I mean, he could wrestle Seth Rollins or any of those guys, but I, j I just don't like the dynamic. And I don't feel like you'd get the, the fair shake he's getting on SmackDown right now. I feel like SmackDown has really become his show. Huh. Try, I mean, I guess he could do Seth. You could do maybe Seth versus Owens at Royal Rumble, have Seth win the title, have Triple H once again win the Royal Rumble. My God. Ugh. You could do Kevin Owens versus Triple H, have Triple H win the title, win the title again, and then have Seth win the Rumble. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, as far as like appealing scenarios, I would much rather have John Cena just win the Rumble. I know it's not a new guy. I know it's quote-unquote the same old, same old, but John Cena going for a 16th world title against either The Undertaker or AJ Styles, to me, is a significantly better story than, you know, Roman Reigns winning again or Brock Lesnar winning or this guy winning. Unless you're going to do Goldberg winning and him challenging for the title, which you could do, and I guess you'd have to find a way to get the title on Lesnar. You know, unless you're doing, like, the Goldberg-Lesnar thing or unless Undertaker's entering the Royal Rumble, out of those three possibilities, I'd say, you know, you can flip a coin. Well, actually, a coin only has two sides. All right, you could spin a, you could roll dice, you could spin a dreidel, whatever. You know what I'm saying, okay? You could pick, you could pull straws, okay? You could figure out which one is the best case scenario. They're all pretty good in my opinion. But 
I think the fourth option, Cena winning the Rumble, is the best one, the most logical one. Easiest to follow, easy, easiest to resonate with, with fans. You know, him going for history, winning that 16th world title. But we'll see. I'll say this. I'll say this. I just listed a bunch of scenarios for you guys, and that's awesome because it's not predictable. It is interesting. It is getting us talking about WWE. It is getting us excited for WrestleMania season. But WWE does have a tendency to quell that excitement. They have a tendency to say, oh, you're excited about WrestleMania? Cool. Here's Roman Reigns. Oh, you're excited about Royal Rumble? Here's Triple H. And then you get to the point where you're like, just get it over with. Please, let's get to the spring already. I hope that does not happen this year. This coming year, I should say. Because this year's WrestleMania, that Roman Reigns push, that sure worked out well. That Triple H comeback, that sure worked out well. Jericho beating AJ Styles for no apparent reason, that sure made sense. Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship, that sure went somewhere. League of Nations? Well, they were broken up in a day. Hopefully, we get to the point, by the time we get to WrestleMania 33, that we are all excited, genuinely wondering what in the blue hell is going to happen. And after WrestleMania, we can look towards the future of WWE and uh, do nothing but smile and salivate at the potentially awesome matchups we're going to get for the rest of the year. All right couple more questions here. What scenarios would Conor McGregor be involved in if he came in for WrestleMania? Good question. I think if he really wants to troll the UFC owners, if he really wants to show who's got the power, the cojones, as the dual champion, even though he claims that that while UFC says uh, that they took away the featherweight title from him, that he still has at his house, here's what I think is going to happen, or, or could happen. And what I would make happen if I were WWE, I would move... The earth, away from its axis, I I would realign the stars. I would do everything. I would secede California from the Union. I'd do all this just to make this scenario happen. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, not touching, but in the same ring having a confrontation in WWE. You don't do a match because I doubt either would agree to a match in WWE. You don't have them touch because they probably wouldn't want to fight each other anyway in WWE, although you could get some pushing and shoving. But you literally filmed the angle for McGregor versus Mayweather, who's been a longtime friend of WWE, in a WWE ring at WrestleMania. McGregor applied for his boxing license. He got it in California. He could get it in other states. Maybe, just maybe, there's something in his contract that does not prohibit him technically technically from doing boxing. Although I'd find that hard to believe. But maybe there is a loophole. Maybe with all these fighter unions forming, trying to go at the UFC's neck, and frankly rightfully so because the fighters are woefully underpaid and you can make the argument even Conor McGregor might be underpaid. Maybe just maybe Conor McGregor has a way to fight Floyd. Now look, he'd get his ass handed to him in my humble opinion unless Floyd has drastically slowed down. And if it was MMA... As long as Conor McGregor gets the takedown or gets him with a kick and keeps his distance, I think he can beat Floyd easily in MMA. But you're telling me that Conor McGregor doesn't want to have the potential, the potential to make 
somewhere near $100 million. Now, maybe he won't get quite there, but could he make double what he made this year in the UFC? Maybe triple? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'd let myself get my ass whooped by Floyd Mayweather too for that amount of money, no matter how much fame and pride I had. So, maybe just maybe, they'll do Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, confrontation in a WWE ring at WrestleMania. And while it does technically hype a match that WWE is not going to get a cut out of, it is going to get them a whole lot of press. And who knows? Triple H is tied with Floyd. Maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, WWE could work out a potential deal with Floyd and Mayweather Promotions where they say, you know what? We'll give you a small percentage of that pay-per-view if it actually happens. And guess what? If that pay-per-view happens, even if it's a tiny percentage, that is one hell of a lot of money for the WWE. Will that happen? I don't know. But would I try to make that happen? You damn right. You damn right. Okay. Steven Shaw says, I could see at Roadblock, Roman Reigns beating KO for to become a dual champion, since he's also the U.S. champion, faces McGregor to see who's the best double champ. I don't think Vince would ever do that in his right mind, but it would be cool. It would be really cool. And at the end of the day, I think Conor McGregor is deep down inside very respectful of wrestlers. He's just a worker, man. He's a worker like all these guys. And I don't think he'd be unprofessional if he wrestled Roman Reigns, but... That, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. It'd be wacky. It'd be weird. I, I wouldn't believe what I'm seeing, but stranger things have happened this year in WWE. What if WWE had AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the title at WrestleMania since Nakamura regained the title from Joe in Japan? I guess he could do that, but I really feel like Samoa Joe, while he's great, has slowed down a lot. You know, he, he he's getting close to 40, although AJ Styles is... Actually, I think AJ Styles is already 40. How old is AJ Styles? He's, he's pretty old too, but I don't know. I just I look at AJ Styles. He looks better than ever. And, and Samoa Joe, well, well he could still uh, find that magic every now and then. I don't think it's the same thing, and I don't think they invest that kind of time in him. I wish they would. I really like Samoa Joe, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, how old is, is my man AJ Styles? He is, okay, he's 39, so he's, he's almost 40. He's turning 40 on June 2nd. Okay. Finn Bauer winning the Royal Rumble. I'd like to see that. That'd be awesome. But unless he has John Cena mutant healing powers, I, I really think that he should probably sit this one out, come back at WrestleMania. That would be cool. You know, do an epic WrestleMania appearance. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be a little too soon. Now, if he was able to do very little in the Rumble match and you kept him off TV, or at the very least you had him appear week to week without wrestling up until maybe, like, say, February, March. You know, that'd be all right, too. You could technically do that. But knowing WWE, they might be inclined to say, hey, you wrestled at the Royal Rumble? How about you do this house show? And this house show? And this show? And this match? And before you know it, that wear and tear that he, that he had on his shoulder uh, will be back. And naturally, it may be back anyway just because he is a wrestler. And eventually, he's going to have to start taking bumps again. But um, I would err on the side of caution with him. He's in his, he's in his mid-30s. Out here on the side of caution. Okay, we'll take a couple more, and then I'm going to head out. Okay. 
Do you think that the Wyatt family will win all the major titles before the year is over? Ooh, that's a really good question. Maybe separately, not when they're together, because I don't think I don't see them lasting long enough to where like maybe like you know they break up and like say say Randy Orton wins the title, right? I don't see him winning the title with the Wyatt family. I mean, maybe I'll just randomly. I could see him like maybe winning the title like later, like in 2017, just to give it to him because you know they can't help themselves and they love Orton. I mean, I like Orton too, but you know he's gotten the title at some random times in, in his career. Or you know what? Actually, I, I guess it would make sense, right? To have Orton win the title. Actually, you know what? I think it would make more sense if Bray wins the title. And I, actually, that's a scenario I didn't even think about. Why not have Bray win the world title and then have Orton challenge him for the title at WrestleMania? That would work. Or, or you don't necessarily have to do it leading up to WrestleMania, but you could do it after WrestleMania if you want to keep the new Wyatt family together. That would actually be a pretty good scenario. So... Technically, yeah. Although I don't see Randy Orton winning the IC title, or, or maybe Luke Harper. He's a former IC champion. He could. You know what? It is possible. I, I think it is possible. And as far as uh, any other matchups regarding the Wyatt family, I know somebody mentioned uh, online. I forgot who it was. I think it was actually I think it was Scott Anderson who texted me this. What about the Wyatt family? The new Wyatt family versus Undertaker and Kane. I'd like that. Although I'd like to see them. Take out Kane, keep him off TV for a few months. He's beating Luke Harper like a drum. You know, keep him away for a while. You know, I, I could see that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But Undertaker and Kane winning the tag titles? I mean, I guess, you know what? They could win them. And if Undertaker chooses to retire after that, you can always vacate him and do a tournament, and it keeps things interesting and on the SmackDown brand in the spring. Or you could just have the Wyatt family win, which wouldn't hurt either. If it's a hot act by then, you could you could, you know, keep it going. All right, let's see. Take a, a couple more here. Fred, who do you see going to the Super Bowl? Well, that's not really a, a wrestling-related question. But you know what? I, I could see the, the Dallas Cowboys, as much as I hate to say it, going to the Super Bowl. I really could. I think they just have magic. They're like, they're like AJ Styles. They got that magic this year. And on the AFC side of things, I have, oh, God, if it was Patriots and, and Cowboys, my two least favorite teams, Jesus Christmas. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders are, are a lot like, who's a guy that's getting over really good right now? The Raiders, are, who, who's a guy? You know what? The Raiders are like the Miz. Okay, years ago, the Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders, whatever you want to call them, were great. They had a rich football history. And the Miz, five years ago, had a rich title history, and he's had some bright spots. He's had a lot of bad spots, too, in the last five years. And this year, he has really come alive. Just win, baby. Just win. He has been winning. He has been living the Al Davis message of just win, baby. Just win. So you know what? I have the Oakland Mizzes going up against the Dallas Roman Reigns, okay? And I have the Oakland Mizzes, a.k.a. the Oakland Raiders, and my man Derek Carr beating, embarrassing those stupid Dallas Cowboys. And that's all I got. So, folks, I want to hear from you. What did you think about TLC? What do you think about WWE the rest of the year going into 2017? Let me know. 
Leave a comment below. Tweet us. Facebook us. Do what you gotta do. By the way, quick congratulations to Kyle O'Reilly for winning the Ring of Honor World title against Adam Cole at Final Battle. I heard they had a really good match, although my friend Paul Lazenby tells me that the idiot cameraman had the camera on Kyle O'Reilly when he was blading. Once a rinky-dink, always a rinky-dink. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But, folks, I want to hear from you. Let me know. Leave a comment below. If you enjoyed this recap, please click the like button. Please share this with all your friends. Jordan Smeen, I hope we're still friends after I buried your team. Don't forget to subscribe. For video games, please feel free to check out our video game channel, youtube.com slash Gaming. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. You name it. I'll be back soon. Until next time, everybody. Woo! As always, enjoy the matches.